Amen. All right. Well, uh, let's take our Bibles this morning, and uh, I'm going to have you open to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. And um, I, I will have to say, um, I did not plan for this message um, for this particular day as far as what's happening, uh, because the, the title of the message is Storms. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so in uh, Acts chapter 27, Acts chapter number 27, and uh, we'll begin reading in uh, verse number seven. It's kind of funny when, um, you know, when uh, you kind of get in a habit of things um, and you know that things are supposed to go a certain way, then when it doesn't happen, you, it, it, you almost like feel like you're forgetting something. And I keep thinking, what am I forgetting? You know, because I know certain things haven't happened uh, as they normally would on a Sunday morning. And so I hope I haven't forgot anything. Did, did I forget anything that's normally supposed to happen? Let me, no, we're good. All right, great. Um, well, in Acts chapter 27, and let's begin reading in verse number 7. Acts chapter 27, verse number 7. It says, And when we had sailed, and this is Paul speaking, uh, slowly many days, and scarce were come over against Snidus, uh, the wind not suffering us, we sailed under Crete over against Salmon. Excuse me, let me just step back. This is not... Paul speaking, this is actually Luke. Luke is the author of the book of Acts. He's the one that wrote it. But he's speaking about Paul's journey here in this, uh, what we're going to be looking at. And verse number 8, And hardly passing it, came unto a place which is called the Fair Havens, nigh whereunto was the city of Lycia. Now when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to Finnis and there to winter, which is a haven of Crete. And lieth toward the southwest and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Euroclidon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat. Which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, strake sail, and so were driven. And we being exceeding tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you that we can come this morning. And uh, Father, we ask that you would just bless in the service. Thank you for the good singing. And uh, Lord, we ask that even through the message now, that you would just work in hearts. And uh, Lord, again, just thank you for the technology that we, we are able to use to be able to live stream the services. And so folks, even at home, are able to be a part of our service today. And so, uh, Lord, we ask that you would just uh, bless. Lord, help us to just be attentive uh, to you this morning and listen to what you'd have for us. And just bless now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this is a very interesting uh, passage of Scripture as Paul has um, been kind of, uh, he's basically kind of been arrested in Israel, and uh, he's been uh, a couple years in jail now, and he's finally on his way to Rome, and he's going to appear before Caesar, and of course this will take some time as well when he finally gets to Rome, but um, they're, they're on this journey, and they've left, uh, they've left Israel, and they're trying to get from Israel to, to Rome. Of course, uh, the easiest way for them to do that was through the Mediterranean Sea, and so they got on the ship, and, and they're going to be going to Rome, but as they, um, they arrive in Crete, uh, which is a small island there in the Mediterranean Sea, kind of between Italy and, and Israel. Um, they're on a boat going to the other side of the island, and uh, 
during this time, it was getting close to the time when ships were not supposed to uh, be sailing because of the, the weather and things like this. And uh, Paul even speaks and he says, you know, he says, look, I, I, I really feel like this, uh, this uh, voyage is going to end in, uh, in mishap and it's going to end in uh, and harm and, and destruction and things. And, uh, but uh, of course, the you know the the guy that the master of the ship you know he's listen, he hears what Paul says and then he hears what some other uh, you know people that are on the you know ships daily and and you know that's their job and they say no it's fine we can go ahead and go and Paul says no I'm telling you please don't go I, I really feel like something's bad going to happen and of course instead of listening to Paul they listen to guys that you would expect them to listen to right I mean these are guys that they know shipping they know sailing and so uh, the master of the ship says hey we're going to go ahead and listen to these guys and and so it says they departed thence that they might attain to finish and that's where they were going to winter that's where they were going to kind of stay during this winter time Um, I'm not sure if it's near Florida or anything but that'd be a great place to winter I'm sure Um, right (laughs) Um, but then it says and, and so they 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 go and it the, the south wind blew softly, and supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. And so uh, they, they leave this, this one uh, port that they're in that wasn't good to, to winter in, and this specific port that they were at here, and uh, they're trying to make it to finish. That was a, a better port, still, still in Crete, but just kind of on the other side of, of Crete, this island here. And uh, this, uh, this route, this normally by boat would have taken about four to six hours to, to go from this one area where they were at on the kind of the west side of Crete and get by boat to the, to the east side of Crete. And so it would have only taken about uh, four to six hours, um, you know, but this boat ride wasn't some cruise on the Mediterranean, right? This was not, you know, you see these giant boats, these cruise ships that take these Mediterranean cruises. That's not what Paul was on. Paul was a prisoner, uh, and he was on this ship that was going to be taking him to Rome, where he was going to be, uh, again, a prisoner and, and put in jail. Uh, this boat ride was, though it wasn't a Mediterranean cruise, this was uh, like a three-hour tour of a well-known TV show. Uh, it did not end well for them, nor did it end well for this boat ride here. Okay? Uh, again, it's only supposed to take about four to six hours to get from this, uh, these two ports. But what happens is um, the Bible says that this, this, um, this storm arose, right? And uh, have you ever been going through, through life and it seems like everything's going well? You know, the job is going well. Family's doing good. Everybody's healthy. Uh, you know, finances are doing okay. You know, just everything seems to be going well. And then all of a sudden, without warning, it's just like, boom, this storm just hits into your life. Maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe it's a health thing. Maybe it's family, whatever it might be. But this, I mean, just out of nowhere, it just seemed like everything was going well. And then all of a sudden you're in the middle of this ginormous storm and you don't know how you got there really. And you're not really sure how to get out of it. You ever been in a situation like that, right? I think most of us have probably been in a situation like that. And if not, uh, let me just say you're in for one. All right. Because you're going to go through something like that. But the thing that I, I think we, we fail to realize about storms and, you know, we can look at this storm and if you know the passage, of course, you know what's going to come. But we can look at storms and we think, man, storms are the worst thing. You know, it's, I mean, everything was going good. My family was going good and my job was going good and finances were going, everything was going good. And all of a sudden this, this storm comes in my life and, and we don't understand sometimes why God allows storms to come into our lives. By the way, as, as uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be starting our series to the book of Ephesians um, and we're going to be starting that. As Paul is on his way to Rome, it is in Rome while he is a prisoner in Rome that God uses Paul to write the book of Ephesians and write this letter back to the church of Ephesus, right? So uh, as, as we're reading here in, in Acts chapter 27, the book of Ephesians hasn't even been written yet, right? There's actually several books of the New Testament that at this time in Paul's life, God has not used him to, to write these books yet, okay? Uh, and so he's, he's on this journey. And uh, now I will say this, um, I'm not saying that Paul's, Everything in Paul's life was going well, okay? Uh, he's a prisoner. <laughs> Wasn't going super well for Paul. But they're, they're on this boat, and, and they're going. And 
And as, as they're going, and again, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, it said there was a south wind blowing. This, this wind was, was just exactly what the sailors needed to be able to, to sail. And so they said, hey, this is, this is it. We've, we've got the right winds, and, and, and we, we we're not really going to have to wait here. We can make it over to this other place, and that's where we can go. And, and they had their plans all laid out. And sometimes in life, we have our plans laid out. And five years, this is where we want to be, you know, with our family or with our job or career or things like this. And then 10 years, this is what we have planned out. And we've got some plans laid out. And, and it, as we begin following those plans, again, these storms just come into our life. I'm like, what is going on? Why does God allow these things into our lives? Well, I believe this morning, as we'll look at this passage, I believe God allows storms for a purpose. There's a purpose why God allows storms. Again, don't misunderstand this. It wasn't as if God didn't know this storm was going to come up. God knew the storm was going to come up. And it's not like God doesn't know the storms that are going to come into your life and in my life. God knows those storms. But what will we do with them? I want to look at this this morning. The first thing that I found about storms is that storms reveal our vulnerability. You ever think about that? Storms reveal our vulnerability. I mean, you think about it this morning, right? Uh, I mean, all of a sudden it's snowing and, and uh, you know, the roads can be hazardous and uh, people don't want to get out and, uh, you know, and, and for good reason. We know we don't want folks to slip and fall and uh, break any bones and we don't want wrecks to happen and things. And man, storms just really reveal how vulnerable we are. Again, think about, think about this storm that we find here. When they started out, the Bible says it was a south wind blowing softly. Doesn't that sound good? A south wind blowing softly. I mean, it was just the perfect breeze blowing. It was from the south, right? And if you know anything about the Mediterranean Sea, south would be Africa. And so, you know, Africa obviously is a, is a, a hot continent there. And so you've got this south wind blowing and man, the sailors like, this is, this is perfect. This is what we need. It's the south wind blowing. Except for verse number 14, but not long after. <laughs> Right. And that seems how life seems sometimes, man, there's a south wind blowing. Things are going good. But not long after that, something comes into our life. And that's what happens. He says, but not long after there arose against it, a tempestuous wind called a Eurocliden. Now, this is this is really interesting because this wind that they had left with completely changes. Right. Can I can I tell you something about life? If you haven't figured this out yet. Can I just, can I give you some, some input of, of my uh, 43 years of experience of life? And I'm sure some of you can uh, talk a little bit more about this than I can. But here's one thing you have to know about life. Things change. Right? Things change. Let's be honest. Other than the Lord Jesus Christ and his word, there's nothing constant. There's nothing constant. Everything's going to change. The weather changes, we change, jobs change, finances change, security. I mean, everything changes. And this is what happened. They had left with this south wind blowing softly, but not long after it changes altogether. The word tempestuous here, literally, it's, it's the, the Greek word is typhonicus. Now think about that for a second, right? Think about... Think of it sounds like an English word, typhonicus. What do you think that sounds like? Typhoon. That's where we get our English word typhoon from, right? It's a typhoon. I mean, we're talking, you know, horrible winds. We're talking about rain. We're I mean, this was a tempestuous wind. And what happened was, and he calls it a Eurocliden, which this means it actually was coming from the north. So this south wind that was blowing softly and was just gentle and warm, all of a sudden it completely changes. And now there is a north wind blowing. And if you know, again, the Mediterranean Sea, you have, the, you have Europe right on the north. And man, it can get cold up there. And those winds would blow off into the Mediterranean Sea and it would create these typhoons. And this typhoon has happened, and now they're in the middle of this violent storm. Now, again, these men on the boat were seasoned sailors. They, they were used to storms. They knew about storms. They had been in storms before. 
They'd been on the sea and they, they thought they could handle this storm. Just as they had no doubt handled many other storms. The problem was this storm revealed their vulnerability. Because the more they tried to handle the storm, the more they began to realize they could not handle the storm. That happens, doesn't it? Man, things are going well in life. And we just think, well, you know, hey, I, I've, I've, I've gone through some problems before. And, and man, more problems come. We're like, man, I can handle this. I can handle this. I've been through a problem before. But then you begin to realize, wait a minute, this problem is bigger than anything I've ever had before. And I don't know how to handle it. And, and many times what happens? What do we do? We turn to God and say, God, what is going on? I mean, this is much bigger than what I can handle. I've never gone through anything like this before. But, but man, I thought I could handle this. And so, you know, I just kind of did what I thought I needed to do. And I just kind of made my plans the way I wanted to until finally this storm becomes so big and we realize we're so out of control that we don't know anything that's going on. You see, storms reveal our vulnerability. God helps us to see how vulnerable we really are. This storm was too strong for them to handle. Notice it says what they finally, when they had finally done all they could in verse number 20. Remember what we saw in verse number 20? When neither sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. You ever got to that point in a storm? You feel like, I don't see any way out of this. I don't see any way through it. I don't know what's going to happen there. I mean, I've tried and I've asked God and it just doesn't seem like God is answering and, and I just don't know what to do. And we kind of lose hope. That's what he said. All hope, all hope was that we should be saved was then taken away. That's kind of the same things that the storms of life do to us. Things seem to be going good. And then a storm comes Hey, we've been through storms before. We're seasoned at handling them. We try it until we realize that the storm is bigger then we can handle ourselves. Maybe it's a financial storm. Maybe it's a health storm. Maybe a decision that you're having to make that you're just not sure what what decision to make. Maybe it's a family storm or a marriage storm. And man, for a little bit, you thought, well, hey, I can handle this. I can handle this. And you, and you try to handle it and it just keeps getting, it's like the storm keeps getting bigger and the problem just keeps getting bigger. You're like, no, I can handle it. And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger until finally you're like, what, what am I in? What am I in? I, I'm, it, it's like this typhoon. It's just constantly swirling and it's constantly beating me. And I, I just can't seem to make headway. I can't seem to find any way out of it. You see, this storm was showing these men how vulnerable they were. Even though they were seasoned sailors, there was still a storm that they could not handle. And even though you and I as Christians, maybe you've been saved for many, many years. Maybe you've been saved for 20 years or 30 years or 40 years or 50 years. You think, man, I've, I've experienced a lot in my Christian life. I've experienced storms. And, you know, I think I can handle it. Look, there's going to be things that come into our life. God's going to allow things to come into our life to reveal just how vulnerable we are. Why does God do that? Why does he do that? Because so many times when we're going through life, what happens? Things are going good. Job's going well. Family's doing good. Everybody's healthy. You know, I've got security. I've got, uh, 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 you know, my retirement's doing well. I mean, everything's going good. And what, what do we begin to find? We don't need God. We don't need God. I mean, look at all that I've been able to figure out on my own. Look how I've been able to handle all these problems. I mean, I handled that problem at work, and I've handled this financial problem, and I handled this family problem, and, and man, there was a rough patch in our marriage, but hey, I handled that. And, and we just think, hey, look at everything that I've been able to do, and look how good everything's going now. I, and we just don't even think about God until we begin to realize that all hope is lost to be saved. That's what they said. Man, they were doing everything they could until they realized that all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. We like to think we've got it all figured out. But sometimes God brings storms into our life to help us to remember, hey, we need to remember God. And we need to keep God first in our life. Notice, secondly, not only do storms reveal our vulnerability, but storms reveal value. This is great. I love this part. Look at verse number 18. 
And we being exceeding tossed with the tempest the next day, they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our hands the tackling of the ship. So think about this. Man, they get into this, they get into this Eurocliton, this, this typhoon, right? How many days have they been in it now? This is the third day, it says. How many hours was it supposed to take? About four or five hours to get there. You think maybe they're at their wits' end? You think, man, this, this, this was only supposed to take four or five hours to get there. This has been three days now. Three days we've been in this. We don't know what to do. And we're still in this storm. What happened? The storm began to reveal what was of true value. What began to happen? They started getting rid of things they didn't really need. Oh, no, there's no doubt, man, when they when they started that port. And and yes, of course, Paul was on there. But the Bible says there was over 200 people on this ship. There's over 200 people, plus all the cargo and everything. You know what they began to realize? Hey, you know what? Life is more important than anything that we have on this ship. Life is more important. Our very lives are more important than anything that is down below in the cargo hold. And they start, they start throwing things over, man. I mean, remember in the book of Jonah, when they get into that, that, um, that storm in, in, in the Mediterranean Sea, same, same area, they get into that storm and they start bailing, they start throwing things overboard. Why? They realize life was the most important thing. All those things in that cargo hold, man, that, that job or that car or, or that promotion or whatever it might be, those things really aren't that important in life. They're really not. Now, the world wants you to think that they are. The world wants you to think that everything that the world offers is what's really important. Man, you've got to have the newest car and you've got to have the newest computer and the newest phone and and the newest TV and you've got to have the newest house and the newest boat and, and all these different things. And if you don't have all this cargo, then you're not really living. Oh, wait a minute, friend. You know what storms help us understand? Real value. Because we don't really need those things. We don't need those things. And they began to realize on this boat, they didn't need that cargo. Even though at that, when they put it on, they thought this was a value and we get to Rome, this is going to be value. They said, wait a minute, our lives are more important than this cargo. And they start throwing things over. They start getting rid of things that weren't important to them anymore. I mean, even it says that they started throwing the tackling of the ship. If you know anything about ships, tackling, that's, that's part of the ship. I mean, that's things that help the ship sail. I said, hey, even that's not important anymore. I mean, we are talking about life and death here. We have got to get rid of all these things that aren't important. You know what God's trying to help us to realize through the storm? What's really important? What is of true value? Can I tell you, friend, the things that the world says is of true importance and true value isn't. And God will use storms in our life. Look, don't, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying it's wrong to have a nice car or a nice house or a good job or, or to have retirement. I'm not saying those things are wrong. That's not it at all. But when we start putting more value on those things than on what God wants, God may just bring a storm into our life. God may bring something in to say, hey, you're, you're putting value on the wrong thing. Man, they started throwing everything over. Why? It wasn't of value anymore. Notice, the, notice two things that the storm revealed to Paul. Look down in verse number 21. It says, But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. Wait a minute. They've been out here for how long? And Paul says, I want you to be of good cheer. I mean, they just said back up in verse number 20, all hope is lost. And Paul says, no, be of good cheer for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. Paul, what are you talking about, man? What are you, ta- what are you talking about? There's not going to be any loss of life. We, I mean, we have thrown everything over that we can and we're still in this storm. Paul says, hey, I want you to know, be of good cheer. Why? For there stood by me this night, the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Do you notice those two things that Paul said? You see, the storms reveal things. And it revealed something to Paul. Paul said, I belong to God. I belong to God. God, again, was reminding Paul that his life did not belong to himself. This is what he says. I, uh, the angel of God, whose I am. He said, I belong to God. 
My, my, what happens to me is in God's hands. Friend, what, what you have to understand and I have to understand as Christians is that what happens in our life is not up to us. It's not based upon what we want. It's what does God want for us? What does God have for our life? What is the plan that God has for us? Because we belong to God. If you're a Christian, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, we belong to him. And God says, hey, there is a purpose. There is a plan that I have for you. And sometimes we get off track and we start doing our own thing. And God says, hey, I've got to have to bring this storm in here to help you remember whose you are. You aren't your own. You belong to me. Paul said, I am God's. But notice what else he said. He says um, in verse number uh, 23, there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am, and notice, and whom I serve. He said, I belong to God, but I'm also reminded that I serve God. Paul was remind, or God was reminding Paul that although we may not like the storm that we're going through, God knows where we're at and God knows what's best for us. There, there's no doubt in my mind, Paul, Paul did not know that they were going to die, that they weren't going to die. I mean, think about what he says. He says sir, back in verse 10, sir, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Paul said, hey, I'm afraid that this, this, this ship, this trip is going to end in death. It's going to end in death. Paul didn't know that, that God was going to save the lives of those people. He didn't know that. And friend, you and I, we don't know what God has planned for us. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what next week holds. We don't know what next month or next year. We don't know what those things are. And that's why it's so important that we trust God even in the midst of the storms. God, what are you trying to reveal to me? Are you trying to reveal how vulnerable I am? Are you trying to reveal that I have I've gotten my eyes off of you? Are you trying to reveal what's of true value to me? God, what are you trying to teach me through this? Because I'm your servant, and I need to be obedient to you. This is what David said. David says in Psalms 119.71, It is good for me that I have been afflicted. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know many Christians who have ever prayed that. I don't know many Christians that have said, God, it's good for me to be afflicted. <laughs> God, it's been great to have problems. No. In fact, many, most of the times when we are in the storm and when God brings us out of the storm, most of the time we are saying, thank you, God, for delivering me from the storm. But how many of us actually say, thank you, God, for the storm? We don't thank God for the storm. We thank God for deliverance from the storm because we want out of it. But God, thank you for the storm. That's not something we say. That's what David said. He said, it's good for me that I've been afflicted. Why? That I might learn thy statutes. He said, God, it's good that I have gone through these problems. It's good that I have been afflicted so that I might learn your statutes, that I might learn what you want for me, not just what I want. God, I need to learn what you want. And I need to learn what you have for me. And he says, it's good that I've been afflicted. Again, think of all that they threw overboard because it was of no value. Someone said this, to realize the worth of an anchor, we must first feel the storm. Anchors are important. But if we don't really ever go through a storm, we don't really understand the worth of that anchor. When everything in life is soft, is that soft blowing breeze, it becomes easy for us to take our eyes of what is true value. Can I tell you something? You can have the greatest house. You can have the newest car. You can have the newest toys and technology. You can have the biggest bank account and be one of Forbes 500 and, and have one of the biggest bank accounts and still be a failure. Because that's not how God measures success. It's not how God measures it. That's how man measures it, but that's not how God does. You see, God wants to know what is of true value to us. Are we truly serving the Lord? 
is, is he our God? And this is what he says. I am God's. Our lives don't belong to us. They belong to God. And it is important that we keep our eyes fixed on him. Uh, Would we say in the storm, God, I just, I'm yours. In the storm, God, I don't understand what's going on here. And I don't know what's going to happen, but I am yours. And I'm going to trust you that you know what is best. That's what Paul said. I'm God's. And I serve God. Do you understand that we're not here as Christians for our own benefit? We're here to serve the Lord. We're not here for ourselves. That's why all of those things, again, not wrong to have them, but all of those things are really of no value because you can't take any of them with you. You're not going to take your bank account. You're not going to take your car. You're not going to take your your house. You're not going to take your boat. You're not going to take your guns. You're not going to take your shoes. You're not going to take your purses. You're not going to take any of that stuff. What's going to happen to it? Some of it's going to rot. Some of it's going to be stolen. Some of it's you're going to lose. I mean, it's really of no value. That's why the things of God are the most important thing. That's why he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. God says, look, I'll take care of you. You just put me first. Put God first in your life. We are serving the Lord. We may not like the storms, but it's through the storms that we truly realize how important our anchor is. Who is our anchor? His name is Jesus. Remember I said before, there's, other than the Lord Jesus Christ and his word, there's nothing that's constant. Aren't you glad Jesus is constant? Aren't you glad that Jesus never changes? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Aren't you glad that his word doesn't change? We can go to it. We can know this is God's word. This is what he's saying. Look, that anchor that we have in Christ, it's, it's unchangeable. He's not going to change, and so we can trust him. We can believe what he says. We can know, hey, I belong to God, and, and he's in control. And yes, I may not enjoy this storm that I'm going in, but I know that he's in control. I know that he's in control. I love what Job said. Even through the, the trials of his life, Job said, I know that my Redeemer liveth. I know he's alive. I don't understand why I'm going through many of these things. I don't understand this storm, but I know that Jesus Christ is constant. I know he's my anchor. I know he's the one that holds me fast. You see, storms reveal what is of value. But can I say, lastly here, not only do storms reveal how vulnerable we really are, and storms reveal what is of true value, but storms also reveal victory. Look in verse number 24 and 25. And Paul speaks and saying, fear not, Paul. He's talking about what the angel said. Thou must be brought before Caesar and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. He said, guys, let me tell you something. And he says, be of good cheer, right? I mean, they're in the middle of the storm. They've been in the storm for three days. Be of good cheer. Hey, be of good cheer. It's going to be okay. The angel of God came and told me, he said, everybody's going to be all right. Everybody's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Look what happens in verse number 34. Wherefore, I pray you take some meat for this is for your health. For there shall not an hair fall from the head of any of you. Now that's interesting. Now back in, uh, back in, in the early part here, he says, Hey, be of good cheer right? Uh, back in, um, in verse number, where was that? Uh, verse number 22, be of good cheer. And now he's saying, take me. Well, in verse number 22, they've been in there for three days. They've been in the storm for three days. He says, be of good cheer. It's going to be okay. God's going to take care of us. Did the storm stop that day? No, it didn't. Did it stop on the fourth day? No, it didn't. How about the fifth day? No, didn't stop on the fifth day. Did it stop after they'd been in it a week? No. You know how long they were in this storm? The Bible tells us, verse number 27, how be it, or excuse me, but when the 14th night was come, they've been in this storm for two weeks. Wait a minute, God, you said, I mean, you told Paul, be of good cheer. We were going to be delivered. It's been 11 more days. Where are you, God? You ever felt like that? 
God, yeah, I know that you're in control, but I've asked you and I've asked you and I've asked you to get me out of the storm. And it's like, you're not listening, God. I've asked you to deliver us from this financial problem. I've I've asked you to deliver me from this, this health problem or whatever it might be. And God, it's like, you're not listening. It's not, you're like, you're not paying attention. You ever felt like that? I mean, because God, I believe you, right? I I believe what you said is true. And so God, I'm expecting deliverance. And so man, uh, maybe by the fourth day, okay, maybe you don't going to answer on the third day, but at least by the fourth day, come on, God, please. What about the fifth day? God, it's been two days since you said, be of good cheer. God, it's been four days now. We've been in this for a week and you still haven't delivered it. Let me ask you, are you still going to believe God? You still going to believe God? Lord, it's been, it's been 10 days. A week ago is when you said, be of good cheer. You're going to be okay. We're still in the storm. We're still in this crazy typhoon. The 14th day? God, do you really care about me? You said 11 days ago, be of good cheer. Come on, God. Where are you? You ever felt like that before? Don't raise your hand, but I guarantee you, if if we were to be honest this morning, I guarantee you probably every one of us would have to raise our hand and say, I've been there. I've been there. And God, I was asking for something. You didn't do it. And I was asking you didn't do it. And it's like, God, where are you? I thought you said that you were in control and we're still in this storm two weeks later. Do you believe God? You see, Paul says, sir, be of good cheer for I believe God. You know what we find? 11 days later, after they've been in the storm for 14 days, Paul still believed God. He still believed. You know how I know? Because watch what he's doing. He says, wherefore, I pray you take some meat. Hey, guys, let's have dinner. Paul, dude, we've been in the storm for two. It's all right, guys. Come on, let's, let's eat something. Come on, guys, it's going to be all right. You've already thrown off all the tackling. What are you doing? You, you don't got a job to do. You know, I mean, you've thrown everything overboard. Come on, let's have some fellowship. You ever been on... You ever been on one of those, um, at some of these amusement parks, they have these, um, these rides. I don't know why they call them a ride. They just, you sit in it and they start going up and back and up and back. And this is some ride, right? Up and back. And they just keep getting higher and higher and higher and higher. And then finally you're about to lose your stomach on the lot when you're like way up there. You ever, anybody ever, I hate those things. I hate those things. It's just like, you know, I can do a roller coaster, you know, at least you're going somewhere, but this thing, you're just back and forth and back and forth. I guarantee you that's probably what it was like on that ship. Back and forth. Don't get sick here, right? Some of you are like, oh, I'm getting sick watching you. Paul's like, hey guys, it's all right. Come and eat. Come on, let's have something to eat. He says, hey, let's take some food. Take some meat for this is for your health. There shall not one hair Fall from the head of any of you. He said, Paul, are you mad, man? Are you really that crazy? You're, 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 you're thinking about eating at this time? Yeah, it's good. It's good, guys. No, not one hair. We're all going to live. We've been in this for two weeks. I know. But remember, I told you on day three, God told me that he's in control. Be of good cheer. We can trust God. I believe God. And it doesn't matter how long we have to stay in this storm. If it's another 11 days, if it's another two weeks, if it's a month, whatever it is, I believe God and God said, we're all going to make it. And so I'm just going to trust him. And so let's have something to eat. See, do we really believe God? When we get into those storms, do we really believe God? How do we ever know? victory over a storm if we never had to go through the storm we'd never know victory how do we know that god can handle any situation that we face if we never had to face any situations 
You see, God allows us through these things so that we can trust him. At the beginning, Paul didn't know they were going to make it. He thought they were all going to die. He said it. He said, I think we're all, this, is, this is not good, guys. We shouldn't do this. I think there's going to be loss of life. I guarantee the ship's going to be destroyed. Loss of life. It's all going to happen. I, I don't think we should do this, guys. He said, no, we're going to go anyway. They get into that storm. Paul says, hey, guys, be of good cheer. We're going to make it. God's in control. I know we can trust him. 11 days later. Now, let, come on, let's, let's be honest. You don't think there were some people saying, hey, Paul, where's your God now? Come on, Paul, where's your God? You said 11 days ago that we were going to make it. You said 11 days ago that everybody, we've been in this storm for two weeks. Can you imagine? Literally, can you imagine being in this storm for two weeks? Two weeks. Fearing for your life, knowing, thinking that you are going to die in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. This storm, I mean, how is it even possible that this thing has lasted two weeks? God, what is going on? All the questions that must have, that must have come about, all the, the criticism of Paul. And yet Paul says, hey guys, I still believe that God is true and I still know that God is in control. So let's take some food. Let's eat. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread. Then verse 35, and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. I mean, I can just, I, again, I'm, I'm pretty sure they've been in the storm for two weeks. I'm pretty sure some of the food was probably a little soggy by then. You know, they've been in there for two weeks. But I can just see Paul gathering whatever food they had and, and back and forth and back and forth. And Paul's like, Lord, we just want to thank you for this food that we're going to eat. And Lord, we just want to thank you for this storm. And we know that you're in control. He blesses it. And he thanks God for what they're going through. He, he gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Paul says, hey, you guys don't want to join me. Fine, I'm just going to eat it myself. But I'm, I'm going to enjoy this, guys. I'm going to enjoy because I know God is in control. And what happened? Then were they all of good cheer. And they also took some meat. Now watch this. Not only do the storms reveal how vulnerable we, we really are, that we don't have everything in control that we think we do. Not only does it re reveal how what really is of value, but the way that we go through the storm affects other people and how they see our God. You know, I believe that many Christians never see other Christians come to Christ through their life is because whenever there's a storm, it's never thank you, God, and I'm going to trust you, God. It's always why, God. It's always blaming God. And what happens? Everybody around sees that. This is the type of God you serve. You're going to blame God and you're going to curse God and you're going to act this way. And, but then after it's all done, you're like, oh, but I love Jesus. I love God. Oh, wait a minute. That doesn't, that doesn't jive. You're saying two different things. It says, then were they all of good cheer. So think about this. Paul says on the third day, be of good cheer. You know what that tells me? It took 11 days for them to really finally be of good cheer. It took 11 days of Paul saying, hey, guys, I believe God. I, I, don't, know, I don't know what the living conditions were, but maybe they're, maybe they're in a hammock or a bed or whatever. They're sleeping on the floor. I don't know, but Paul gets up. It's a beautiful day today, isn't it, guys? Man, I'm telling you, God's still in control. God's going to deliver us. And they're like, dude, you're crazy. You're nuts. The fifth day, it's a beautiful day out, guys, isn't it? Is that, is that the sun peeking through there? I, hey, I think the sun. No, it wasn't. No, but it's still a beautiful day, guys. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? Man, I'm telling you, this, is, this has just been an incredible ride, hasn't it, fellas? This is just amazing, right? Dude, you're nuts. Day 10, Paul gets, 
Man, I'm telling you, fresh air. Oh, smell that fresh air. Isn't it great? Yeah, yeah. I mean, even the rain, I'm getting a shower too, you know. Praise the Lord for fresh rain and everything. We got water to drink, you know. It was his testimony through the storm. And finally, on the 14th day, he's like, come on, guys, let's eat. And then it says they were all of good cheer. Can I ask you a question this morning? When you're going through a storm, how do other people see you going through it? When you're going through that storm, and the waves are crashing, and the wind is blowing, and the rain's coming down, and all that kind of stuff, do they see you? Man, God is good. Isn't God good? I'm so glad we serve a God that cares. I'm so glad we serve a God that loves us. Dude, don't you understand? You're going through a difficult. I know, but God's still good. God's still in control, and I'm going to trust him. I believe God. God said he's faithful, and I'm just going to take him at his word. You mean everything's going to be better? No, not necessarily. Things don't have to be better. I'm just going to believe God. It says, then, then they, when they had, they heard this, they, they saw what he did, they, what he had done. Then were they all of good cheer, and they also took some meat. And we were in all in the ship, 203 score and 16 souls. There were 276 people on that boat. And every one of them watched the testimony of this man through the storm. Every one of them saw and heard what Paul was saying, and what Paul was doing. And you have people all around you at work, your family, your wife, your husband, your children, your grandchildren, your neighbors. You have people all around you. Hey, they're saying, you know what? It's easy for somebody to praise God when everything's going good. But let's see what they do when the storms come. Let's see if they're still praising God when things aren't going well. Are they still praising God when they lose their job? Are they still praising God when they get a bad health report? Are they still praising God when they lose their finances? Are they still praising God and saying, God, I still believe you? Hey, they might not be enjoying it, but they're still saying, God, I'm just going to trust you. What do they see? Paul said in verse 25, I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Do you believe God? Do you believe that he's in control even in the midst of of the storms? Do you believe that God has the best plan for your life even in the midst of the storm? And you know what we need to do? We need to trust Him. We need to trust Him. Look, I don't know what, I don't know what 2023 is going to bring. I mean, Two years ago, about this time, two years ago, three years ago, I guess it was three years ago, about this time, no, none of us knew what was going to happen in 2020. We, none of us knew that storm that was coming. We would say, man, that was a Eurocliden, right? I mean, that, well, that was a typhoon. Nobody saw that one coming. I don't know what storm you're going to go through in 2023. Maybe you won't have a storm in 23, but maybe 2024 you have a storm. I don't know what you're going to go through financially, physically. I don't know. But will you trust him? Will you trust him? Will you be like Paul and say, God, I believe. I believe God. I believe that it shall be even as it was told me. Paul says, even through the storms, I'm going to trust God. And that's why when he got to Rome, he was able in a Roman prison to be able to write the book of Ephesians that we're going to be starting in a couple weeks. And he's able to talk about faith. He's able to talk about how we are to live the Christian life. Why? Because he went through the storm. And he says, now let me, let me help you, encourage you to go through the storm as well. Be of good cheer. God's in control. Hey, take food. It's okay. God's got it. He knows what's going on. We can trust him. Do you believe God? I wonder if their heads bowed and their eyes closed this morning. No one looking about. Every head bowed, every eye closed. 
none of us would say we enjoy storms. None of us like storms. None of us do. We don't like to go through those things. We don't want to go through those things. You know why? Because they reveal how vulnerable we really are. They reveal that we're not in control as much as we think we are. Shows that we really need to depend upon God. But God can use storms to help us to really see of what's true value. All of those things that we're living for, are they really of true value? Can I tell you what is of true value? It's serving God. Serving the Lord, that's of true value. Following Him, being obedient to Him. Teaching your children to follow Him. Teaching your children to love Him, to serve Him. That's of true value. You see, storms reveal victory. It's through the storms that when God delivers us, we're able to turn and say, God, thank you. you. You delivered me from that. And God, I know I can trust you. I know that you're in control. And we're able to see the victories that God is able to bring into our lives. Will you trust him? Friend, I don't know, maybe there's somebody here this morning, you're going through a storm right now, or somebody watching via live stream, and you're going through a storm right now that nobody else knows about. Nobody else is aware of it. But you know you're going through it. And you know you've lost control. It's out of your hands. You thought you could handle it, but not anymore. It's out of your control. Are you going to trust God? Maybe God's trying to show you that you need to put your eyes back on Him. Maybe God's trying to help you to see what's of true value. Will you trust Him? And let Him bring the victory in your life. Father, I pray that you'd work in our hearts this morning. Lord, whether somebody is going through a storm, or Lord, maybe sometime this year somebody's going to go through a storm. Lord, may we learn these principles that, that Paul learned here. And Lord, may we trust you and look to you. With their heads bowed and our eyes closed, we'll just stand quietly this morning to our feet. The piano is just going to begin playing softly. Friend, maybe this morning, maybe God's speaking to your heart about something. Maybe this morning you need to come and pray. Maybe right there in your seat, whatever the storm might be, maybe this morning you just need to say, God, I believe you. I believe you, God. I may not know the way out. And the storm might not end tomorrow. The storm might not end next week. But God, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to trust you. 